Hey, welcome to another edition of our Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and today, Damon Stoudemire, the head coach of the University of Pacific out in the West Coast Conference, is our guest. Damon played for me at the Toronto Raptors and has been an incredibly close friend all the way in through his playing career and then, of course, now through his coaching career. So I think you're really going to enjoy, after this time out, Damon Stoudemire. Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. And welcome to another edition of our Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. And I'm so excited today to have one of my former and favorite players, Damon Stoudemire, the head coach of the University of Pacific, as our guest. Damon, welcome, my friend. Thanks, Brendan. Appreciate you having me on, man. <laughs> I, think, I think the last time the last time we coached against each other, you kicked my ass when you were at Memphis. So uh, I'm not ready to schedule a game with you or anything like that. Interviews and podcasts are just fine for me. <laughs> Hey, no, 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 no question. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's, it's been a minute. It's been, it's been a minute, you know, but, uh, but yeah, no, nah, it's, it's good. Real quick. Hey, real quick. I remember we had one conversation, you know, and, and I'm going to take you back. Uh, I was playing for the Toronto Raptors and back then that was when, and neither one of us are in the NBA anymore, so it doesn't matter. So that's when Chuck was still coaching, uh, rest his soul. Chuck Daly was coaching the, uh, coaching the Magic and, and you were there, and Chuck pulled me in the back. We played, and he was like, man, we going to get this trade done or what? <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth, man. I'll tell you what. That is the truth. I, I know one thing. When I coached you, with you on my team, I was a much better coach. <laughs> all the pick and rolls, all the plays, they all worked then. You know, and that, That's the great thing about having a player like yourself. You know, but you know what? You know, it's amazing to me, and amazing to guys like, that I've had, like Doc Rivers and even Isaiah. You know, when I see guys that have played for me, and then, uh, and I say, you know, I, hey guys, I think you could be a hell of a coach, and they always look at me cross-eyed, you know, and they say, I don't want to be like what you're doing, man. I don't want to do that. What made Damon Stoudemire want to coach? You know, what's funny is that um, Brendan. Once I got through playing, I I probably got into coaching like like most guys do. It, it wasn't my first choice. I got into coaching because the reality of it is, I found out that you know uh, basketball was my number one and only love. I mean, 
you know, that's that's your way of staying connected to the game. Um, that's the that's the way for me to feel important. Um, that's the way for me, you know, I felt to that I could give back. And, you know, it's crazy because even when I got when I first started coaching, I was just doing a lot of volunteering on the initial. Mm-hmm. So um, I just really wanted to be a be a part of the game. And that that felt a whole lot better than than sitting at home. Well, you know, we had Stan, Stan Van Gundy in here. Uh, you know, Stan came, uh, lives here in Orlando, and he came by and talked to our team the other day. He said, you know, I, uh, I've been coaching for my lifetime. He said, and uh, it's my second year I haven't coached, and I miss it because I miss not being on a team. And I think for the, those of us that have played or coached or done both, boy, there's nothing like being part of a team, is there? And no better feeling in the world. And I tell people this because everybody acts, especially with the way, you know, the NBA is, is played now. Everybody always asks, you know, do you wish do you wish you you were playing today? You, you see how they, you know, pay, uh, paying guys, you see how they letting guys play. I was like, no, I, I don't really miss none of that. I said, you don't, you only miss that if you didn't. I didn't have nothing left to give, <laughs> you know, but what I, <laughs> yeah. what I, what I, what I miss the most, what I miss the most is the camaraderie. Yeah. I miss my, I miss, I miss teammates. I miss coaching. I miss, I miss the plane ride. I, I, I miss the dinners. I miss being close to, close to our guys. You know, I miss those things. I, I miss the winning together, the losing together, the grind together that nobody sees. I don't really miss all the extras. I don't, you know, the, the making of the money and all those things, because once you're in there, it's not about that anymore. You know, and that's what people don't understand. Once you're in the NBA and you and, 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 and you know you're going to be there, there's longevity. Uh, you know, you have you have years on your contract. It's, it's only about winning and losing in the camaraderie. And I, and I totally missed that. When you uh, when you were growing up and you were, you know, going to high school in Portland, uh was it expected that you were going to go to, you know, University of Oregon and play there? And was it a shock for the people of Oregon when you picked to go, even though they were a national power, to go to Arizona and play for Lou Dolson? You know, it, you know, it, I think I think that it was. Um, you know, back then everybody has to understand. You know, for for the listeners, like it didn't Oregon didn't look like Oregon at that time. Oregon right. wasn't Phil Knight wasn't pumping the money into Oregon uh, that he that he that he does now. And quite frankly, Oregon State, you know, you'll know this, Brendan. Oregon State was a much better program at that time. You know, Ralph Miller was one of the most successful coaches of all time. You know, Hall of Fame coach. And I used to go down to Oregon State, and you know, uh, at that time they had Gary Payton, and, and Gary was, you know, kind of a mentor of mine. And you know, it was crazy because you know, you used to watch Ralph Miller, Ralph Miller coaching. You know, only people that know Ralph w- would know this. Uh, but Ralph used to smoke cigarettes, so he used to smoke cigarettes, and he'd be sitting over there on the sideline smoking a cigarette while the team was practicing. <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, you know, I really, you know, I wore number 20 on the initial because I wanted to be like Gary Payton. I didn't play like Gary. When I say I wanted to be with him, be like him, I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to exude the leadership, all those particular things. And then uh, – what I would do is then I would go down the street 
you know, further south and Oregon was there, they weren't the, weren't the same program. And they had Don Munson, who was a really, really, I thought, a good coach and did a great job at Idaho before he got to Oregon. He had Terrell Brandon. So here wow. I was in Oregon, Terrell Brandon, who I played against growing up and in high school and who I knew very well, and Gary Payton, two, two, two who would, which would turn out. One would be an all-star all-star guard, another be a Hall of Famer. Here I am being able to go and watch these two teams play. But at that time, Oregon and Oregon State weren't looked looked at like like that, you know. But uh, yeah, it was it, you know it, it was. I think that a lot of people thought I was going to stay in state, and and um, you know to this day, uh, to this day, um, uh, Jimmy Anderson, who ended up taking taking over for Ralph Miller. Uh, you know, Jimmy still, he won't talk to me. He won't talk to me. And, and, and Andy McCloskey, who was an assistant at that time, you know, you you know, my mother keeps every single article. Um, she, or excuse me, he, Andy McCloskey said that Oregon state not getting me set the was going to set the, the, the program back 20 years when that oh happened God. back then because he said there were about three to four guys because everybody wasn't saying it there were about three to four guys that said that I was that thought I was a program changer especially for for the likes of an Oregon or Oregon State at that time well they were right <laughs> but uh yeah. but what was it like because I love Lute Olson what was it like to play for a legend like Lute oh it was great you know um you you can go on and on about about Coach Olson, but I you know the the thing about it, uh, as you as you go along, right, and 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 Brendan, I put you I put you kind of in the same category as as Coach Olson, but as as you go on and on, and I look at the and I look at like the different personality coaches that I played for, because all of them had had a different personality. But I just never been around a coach like Coach Olson who could get his point across uh, with straight manipulation. It was all manipulation, Brendan. Uh, it was all manipulation. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah, he, he never he, he never cursed a day in his life in four years, and I was there. As a matter of fact, when he came on the end, and when he came and 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 we had to visit, his words were were this right here. He said, Damon, he said, uh, here, here's the reality of it. Uh, we went to the Sweet 16 uh, last year without you. Um, I have my whole team returning. Uh, I signed an All-American, uh, point, McDonald's All-American point guard, uh, and I think we got a pretty good team coming back. You're going to have to come. And you're going to have to work. You'll be fighting for your life. But he said, I really do think you're a good player. And and I think that you got a chance. You got a chance to be special in this program. And everybody else, after hearing what everybody else told me, that that kind of stuck with me, you know. And and I had to figure it out. And uh, that was the beauty of Arizona. You know, coach was like a pro coach. Like it was really our practices were like build up. I tell people like right now, the way we practiced at Arizona when I was in school. To me, you can't practice like like that, uh, Brendan. Now, you you tell me, am I wrong? And you give me your thoughts, because I think that you you probably follow the script like this. You know, we we had a lot of build up. It was one on one. 
it was two on two, it was three on three, then it went to shell, then it went to five on five. You you can't always do that right now because, you know, I hate talking about generations, but I don't feel like this generation picks up and absorbs and knows the game as well and studies the game as we did back back then when I was coming up. So I think that I played with a lot of guys that are really smart. And I think that if you look through the NBA at that time, a lot of guys I played with, Arizona guys were in the pros. They were scattered all throughout. And it was because of Coach Olsen and the way he did things. He was really meticulous the way he did it. Um, you know, and we, and, and, and we had a rhyme to reason about everything. And he coached and practiced a lot in practice. He didn't wait to the game to coach. He coached in practice. And I told somebody this the other day. I don't – somebody asked me, well, how is Coach Olsen like with the pen? I was like, guys, I don't ever remember that man drawing a play up during the game. <laughs> right, huh? <laughs> he just adjusted his tie and made sure each hair was in meticulous place, right? No, you, no question. <laughs> you, well, you know, Dick Mata was the same way. He never, ever used a pen ever as a lifetime NBA coach. All he man. did was verbally tell the guys what to do. It's yeah. a, it's an interesting style. But I yeah. think the thing about Coach O, and I, I think what you're hitting on, is that I believe nowadays, and the big thing is, you know, and why you're so, it's so good to have you in college coaching is that you, you really understand young people and, and people change and times change. And so the number one thing in coaching is to connect to your players and to have them yeah. want to play for you. And I think that's, yeah. that's what he did then. And that's what you're doing now. Yep. No, I, you know, I tell, I tell guys this all the time, you know, the, and, and I, and I tell, I talk to NBA guys. I talk to a lot of NBA guys because obviously when it gets to, you know, April, May, a lot of people do their due diligence, you know, talking about players and all those things. And, you know, it comes back to a common thing. Well, what type of kid is that kid? You, you know what? The NBA, regardless of where they're trying to go with it, analytics, all that, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. The guys that are successful in the NBA, I'm talking about coaches. Man, you have a relationship with the player. And the, and the relationship with the player is the most important thing now because when you're getting these kids, they're 18, 19 years old, okay? They're 18, 19 years old, and you got to develop a rapport with them because if they don't trust you, if they don't trust you, how are they going to let you coach them? Once again, I hate to talk about the generational, but when, when I was coming up, you didn't you, you didn't. Ha- you were always taught, regardless of if that coach knew what the hell he was talking about or not, you respect him because he the coach. That's how that's how it was viewed. It just uh-huh. was. Nowadays, the moment that kid doesn't trust you, he's not playing for you. Matter of fact, he probably on our level, Brendan, he's gonna put his name in the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> you yell at him once, he's in there tonight, right? Yes, 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 he is. Well, you know, one of the things that I think was uh, so amazing uh, when you went to Arizona, you know, you had a Final Four team. Give me, give our listeners some, give some of the guys that you played with at Arizona during your time there. Oh, and let's also mention you were one and done, right? Uh, No. No. 
Oh no! Yeah. And the thing about yeah. it back then, Brendan, you think about those days. It really wasn't no. It wasn't a one and done. Guys right. were going to college for three, four years. When yeah. I when I when I went to school for four years, but I can remember uh, my freshman year, uh, that draft. Uh, I can remember the the, the 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 top guys. I think Lon uh, Larry Johnson. No, was it Larry Johnson? No, uh, it was uh, it was Lonzo Morning. I think. Uh, somebody I can't I can't remember. Jimmy Jackson came up. That my point is, all those guys I think they left as like juniors. You know, I think uh, Mashburn left as a junior. No, I stayed for I stayed for four years, and as a matter of fact, when I was at Arizona, everybody stayed stayed the whole time. But I played with I played with 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 Chris Mills. I played with Sean Rooks. I played with Khalid Reeves. I played with uh, Ed Stokes. I played with Reggie Geary. I played with uh, I played with Miles Simon. I played with Michael Dickerson. Uh, I played with uh, trying to think. Listen, here 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 goes one. Tony Clark, for you viewers, Tony Clark. People forget about this. Tony Clark was actually the number one pick in the baseball draft, but he was a really good basketball player, and he ended up playing, you know, many 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 years in in in, in Major League Baseball, and he's. Today he's the president of their of, of, of their players association, Tony Clark, San Diego, El Cajon. How um, great is that? Um, yep, and people 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 wouldn't people wouldn't know that. I played with uh trying to play with Matt Offick. Matt Offick. I played with I play out of, out of everybody out of everybody I play with. Now I don't know these figures off the top of my head. I would have to go look, but I think I end up playing with my four years. I think not counting myself, I played with. 12 pros. I played with a guy named Ray O's that went undrafted and went and made Golden State's team. You know, we were the same year, but it was, you know, and it was, and it was all Coach O. Like, Coach Olsen had a vision for guys. Like, think about this. Coach O had a vision for guys like this. I, I remember, and, and I'm going to take you back, like, and, and, this, and, this was, and this was Coach Olsen as a, as a guy that had been out of the game for I don't know how long. When I went back as an assistant at Arizona, um, you know, we had a great, he has a great, he has great relationships over there in Australia. And matter of fact, when I was in college, we used to go on the Australian tour. So um, his guy had called him. Well, Coach Olsen had seen him when he went over there to Australia. So Coach was telling me about this kid, okay? And you will know the kid's name, Jonah Bowden. Jonah Bowden. So, oh, yeah. so, 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 so Coach Olsen was telling me about Jonah, right? So Coach Olsen was like, you know, Damon, he's a good one. You know, you got to get them. Uh, you know, that'll be a good gift for the program. You can redshirt them. You can redshirt them that first year. I was like, Coach, dude's not redshirt no more. They don't want a redshirt. But, <laughs> but, 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 but the crazy thing about it and the ironic piece about that, if you look at Jonah Bowden's career, Jonah went to UCLA, didn't play a lot, probably should have redshirted. Right. He leaves. He leaves. He goes overseas and plays, which probably would have been like his second year, would have been his second year. Would would have actually been his first year had he redshirted. He gets drafted by Philadelphia. They stash him for another year. So essentially, he did redshirt. They stashed him, you know. And but this, but these, but these are like the things that Coach Olson would visualize and see. He sees things in guys that that I felt like other people did. Think about this. Think about this. You don't think that you don't think that Bill Walton called UCLA a hundred times over and told him to take Luke Walton. Mm-hmm. How about that? 
You you see what I'm saying? He sure. found he found he found Gilbert Arenas in a back gym. Wow. The whole state of California let Gilbert Arenas slip through the cracks and Coach Olson found him. Then Gilbert Arenas gets to campus, okay, and beats out Reuben Douglas for the starting for the starting guard position. Reuben Douglas transfers and ends up leading the country in scoring. Now think about that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and and Gilbert Arenas and what where was he drafted? Think about that. And Gilbert was drafted thirty five. I remember. Look, I used to yeah. when I when I when I used to go down there and play with the guys. You know, I I you know, I would be lying if I didn't if I said that I thought Gilbert was going to do the things that he. I was like, man, I can't believe that didn't nobody want this guy. Like, wow. man, this dude can play. He 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 had a slithery game, man. It was it was it was it was it was, it was a game game of his own. To me, Gilbert doesn't play like anybody. Gilbert Gilbert could have played in the seventies, the eighties. Like I like I always watch film. I watch film of this guy, right? And 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 I think that he might be a little bit taller than than, than uh, Gilbert. Uh, but I thought Gilbert played a lot like Michael Ray Richardson. Wow. <laughs> now, except except for the fact, you know, Gilbert had way deeper range than, than Michael Ray Richardson. He's a much but better I shooter, that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that Gilbert I, I thought that I thought that Gilbert was like once he got it rolling and he got confidence, he was a he was a special player. But you could see that at Arizona. You can see that. Like all the guys that I used to watch coach uh uh coach and watch games and things of that nature. I remember when Isaiah was in uh I remember when Isaiah was in was in New York and fell in love with Channing Fry. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Channing Fry, like I seen Channing Fry. Channing Fry was like top top two hundred, like no top one hundred player. That was coach seeing a vision. He seen a vision. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Isn't that crazy? You know, so it's it's like uh, you know, I just I don't think that I don't think that you can. I don't think that today's uh, basketball allows you to do that. I think that there. I think that there are two coaches that really recruit like that. I would say three, but I'd say two really good, and then the third one, I'm just kind of throwing him up in there because of the success he had. But I say Jay Wright, and I say Tony Bennett. They coach that way. Um, uh, they recruit that way. Excuse me. Uh, actually, I'll throw one more in. That's 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 in college right now. That's had success. That's that's Kelvin Kelvin Sampson, and I thought that. You know, especially with, you know, Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker, I think he was a little more celebrated, but I don't think Frank Kaminsky was. I thought Bo Ryan, uh, Wisconsin does a good job by identifying guys, you know, also. So, you know, it's just hard, though. You know, now now me and you are, are we're at the schools that we're at, but, you know, being on that high major level, I mean, there, there's not a lot of patience anymore as compared to back in the day. You know, and I think that that's the biggest difference. You know, it's a we're we're in a what have you done for me lately type of world, and it's no different than uh, in, in college and collegiate sports. You know, so um, I, I just think that that dynamic is totally different. When you think about that, I'm talking about red shirting a kid like this. Like <laughs> this guy was rich. He was Coach Ozen was red shirting guys. Man, you don't red shirt guy. <laughs> the only time a guy red shirts if he got hurt. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs>
Let's hear from our latest sponsor, Max One. Max One is the all-in-one coaching app that allows your team to train, communicate, and stay organized all in one easy-to-use spot. With all these useful features for one low price, I can't emphasize enough the value Max One can bring to your program, especially with the basketball season right around the corner. I know firsthand the importance of keeping your team on the same page as the season reaches its peak. I'm confident Max One can solve these problems for you and keep your program connected to help ensure you're on pace for the most effective season possible. Max One allows you to create individualized workouts for each player on your team with videos attached and deliver them right to your athlete's phone, eliminating spreadsheets and paper handouts and helping your players improve as the season goes on. You can then combine these workouts into an entire in-season program tailor-made to complement all the hard work that your athletes are already putting in during the season. You can even track your athletes' progress on the Max One leaderboards to see the improvement coming from your team, keeping everyone on the team accountable while encouraging a culture of competition. I also know how the calendar feature allows you to keep athletes, parents, and coaches alike as organized as possible. Workout schedules, practices, tournament games can all be created via color-coded schedules ensuring your athletes are in the loop with details on whatever events you have throughout the long season. To learn more about how Max One can help you run your program this offseason, head to their website at gomaxone.com and schedule a free 15-minute demo with a Max One program specialist. As always, mention me, Coach Brendan Sir sent you, and you'll receive a special discount if you decide to purchase. Again, visit www.gomaxone.com right now to schedule your free demo. You won't be disappointed. Now, when you were coming out of Arizona and Mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas made you the first pick ever for the Toronto Raptors. Tell me the emotions that are going through that when you did when that happened. Here's in my opinion, I'm very biased obviously having coached him. Yeah. You know, the best what I call small point guard. He gets mad when I say he's small. But, you know, little point guard <laughs> of I've ever seen. And uh, right. now you're getting drafted by that guy, and he's going to have a huge influence on your career. What was going through your head? Oh man, I, you know, uh, yeah, Brandon, I can't, I, I can't even really explain it. You know, I really, I really can't. I just at that time, um, growing, growing up as a kid, okay, you've seen a lot, um, you watched a lot of basketball. You know, uh, you know, as crazy as it sounds, uh, you know, I, I had, I had grown up down the street from Memorial Coliseum. See, everybody knows it now as the Motor Center, but the Blazers used to play in the little raggedy arena, Memorial Coliseum. Okay, so I grew up. My grandmother actually lived about ten minutes from there. And, you know, you know, I, I seen all those guys. I used to sit in those bleeds and watch all the games. And, you know, um, I just never thought that I would get from it. So I, I remember, I'll take it back. So, I, you know, my my Coach Olson, Coach Olson talked to me a lot. And, you know, we talked about a whole lot of things. 
So I remember we played Michigan. We played Michigan and Auburn Hills. Okay, my senior year, we played them in that. that they, I don't even think they have it anymore now, but they called it the Grade Eight, Grade Eight tournament or whatever. And um, I come out the tunnel. I come out the tunnel, and I see Isaiah in the tunnel. <laughs> wow. The same spot that he would eventually be, be in every tunnel that he was a part of the franchise. He'd be, he's in that tunnel. I see Isaiah, and I see Walker Walker D. Walker yep. D. Russell. That's what I see, right? And, uh, you know, I'm in the layup line. I'm in the layup line. I'm shooting my layups. And, and I just see him, you know. they, I, I'm definitely cognizant of Isaiah. But as I'm shooting in the layup line, I see him always looking at me. You know what I mean? And so I was like, man, they must be here to check me out. <laughs> or at least do they do or at least do they do diligence. So let me do my best to put on a show. And, you know, from there I had kind of heard some whispers. You know, I kind of heard some whispers and, you know, uh, you know, and then I knew, you know, as the draft got closer, I, I pretty much knew this. I knew this for a fact. I had known this from when I went to Minnesota. I had a I didn't have to work out in Toronto, um, but I worked out in Minnesota and I think I blew Minnesota's mind away. Um, you know, the problem was, was that you had that skinny kid from Chicago, Farragut Academy, who turned out to be probably <laughs> one of the best power forwards ever. You know, Kevin Garnett sitting there. So I basically had both teams tell me Minnesota drafted five, Toronto drafted seven. Um, you know, uh, Minnesota uh, says, if KG's gone, we'll take you. Toronto says, if KG's gone, we're taking you. So I knew for a fact that I was wouldn't, wouldn't wow. slip past seven. I figured, I figured that Isaiah, a part of him, Loved the hell out of me because he's seen himself in me. But I totally understood that, man, you got to take your heart out when you're making a a decision. And what Kevin Garnett turned out to be, obviously, would have been great for everybody. So that's a a a once-in-a-lifetime type of talent. And, you know, fortunately for me, Minnesota takes Isaiah. I I mean, it takes KG. I knew for a fact I wasn't going to Vancouver because they didn't even bring me in for a workout. They were the only team in the top 10 that didn't bring me in for a workout. So I knew it was skipping over. And uh, to hear my name called, you know, uh, uh, with, uh, with the seventh pick, from that, from that point, I just, you know, I just, I knew that I, knew that I was special because I was chosen by a special man that played the same position as me. And I knew that without him saying it, he, he felt like he seen some of himself in me. He's a great evaluator of talent that I've, you know, you find out, you know, when you work with someone, tremendous eye for talent. And uh, it went, you know, and I remember visiting with him like a couple of months, you know, after you start playing your rookie year and he said, and I was actually coaching in the CBA then. He says, uh, you can't believe this kid we got. He's unbelievable. You'd love him. And so I, I said, no, I've been watching him. I said, he's really good. He said, yeah, he's really going to be good. When he really learns everything that I need to teach him and stuff, he's going to really be special. And that year, I know he felt validated. Because anytime you make a pick in a, that in the lottery, 
there's everyone that's always second guessing you, right? I mean, it happens all the time, right? It doesn't matter. I don't care who you pick. I don't care if you pick first or second. They'll, you know, I mean, and, and then when you became rookie of the year, (laughs) I mean, that was, that was an amazing thing to happen for both of you. I mean, for him and for you, you know, because that validated him that he could select talent, but validated you that you were the right pick. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, you know, that was, that was a, that was a, you know, but it was a great year. It was a great year, special year. And, and then, um, you know, for him to feel validated, I felt like I validated myself too, because I just felt sure. like everybody, you know, had questions about me, you know, and I think that, and I think that it's human nature, you know, it's human nature. I, I tell this to all, I tell this to all little guards, you know, you're competing for your job every year. The moment, the moment, the moment you get complacent and you start patting yourself on the back, okay, is the moment you're gonna get your job taken because they're always trying to pick holes in us. I said the only place they don't pick holes in little guards is college. You can have two little guards in college and win a national championship, but right. you, you you will have everybody critiquing of why you shouldn't have two little guards in the pros. And so I I felt validated myself. I really did. I I, I felt. I felt like I had, you know, I felt like I had proved my doubters wrong. And I knew that they weren't going to turn their heads. I knew I was, you know, each and every year I was going to have to prove myself. But for, but for me, for that one year, uh, for that one year, that they couldn't, they couldn't take that away from me. That was, you know, that was great. It, it, was, it, was, it was taxing, but it was great because I tell you, that NBA grind, it's, it's a different grind, man. I think that people have illusions about what the NBA is all about. But until you start... You know, playing back-to-back games uh, until you start arriving in cities at three in the morning. You know, ten o'clock breakfast meeting, seven o'clock game. They don't get that. They don't get that. You know, and you owe it. You know, and people and people. You know, now they have the lo- now they have the load management deal. You know, they had a load <laughs> management deal, and and I think that a lot of people, uh, a lot of people. When I say a lot of people. Um, talking about the powers to be the commissioner and, and all these people. They're trying to figure out a way uh, because uh, figure out a way to, to get it to where guys are playing from the standpoint it is when you get to the NBA, when you get to the NBA, your fans, they pull out that schedule and they look at that schedule. And you know what I learned from the Isaiah's what I learned from going on Nike trips with with Michael Jordan, you know, guys on that elite level, you know, uh, you know, world renowned guys, is that, you know, you owe it to your fans to put on a show, or at least try to put on a show. You just might not have it for that night. But they they always wanted to put on a show for the fans. Like like you might go to the arena and you might be tired, you know, because that's how it was. You might go to the arena and you might be tired. But once you get out there and that adrenaline start flowing, you forget about it all because you're trying to put on a show for the fans. You are. <laughs> you know, when I uh, when I came into the league and, and coached uh, Dominique Wilkins and what he taught me, and that was the same year of, you know, that was when Jordan was in there. You know, the two of them were like, they were like, you know, just watching these incredible guys. It was a slam dunk contest right. every time they played. And, you know, right. in one time, 
Dominique would be a better player that night than him. The next night, Michael. It was not Michael and Dominique way below. It was like very close uh, right. in their prime. And the thing that they taught me, it never he never said it to me, was when I watched Dominique is no matter how many, and we were traveling commercial, is that yes. no matter how tired he was, because he was the leading scorer in the league, he came out every night and it was almost like going to a concert and seeing yeah. this incredible guy perform. He was not going to let his people down, like you said. And exactly. he put on a show every night and better on the road than even at home. And I thought that exactly. was exactly. And, and I tell you, and I tell you, like um, when when I ended up when I ended up getting traded, when I ended up getting traded to Portland, um, and you know, I was on those really good Blazer teams. Right. Like, that was one of the things that we kind of prided ourselves in, too. Like, we felt like, you know, I, I think a lot of times, you know, um, you know, back then, the only thing that I wish would have happened back then that happens now is, and, and I know, and, and I know you were with Detroit, and just think about it. Just think about if you guys played in today's basketball uh, regardless of how you played the style, like fans would love you because see in Portland, we didn't win championships like you guys in Detroit. Um, I, I think that we had the qualities and the traits to be as, as, as tough a team as you guys sure. were, but we were but we weren't mentally tough as you guys. But I think that that's how we were kind of viewed within that time. And the one thing we always took pride in, as crazy as it sounds, is we loved going out to be the villain. And it's funny because people think that you're bad guys. See, people think Rasheed Wallace is a bad guy. Rasheed Wallace is one of the best guys in the world. But what happened was, was the moment we would come out that tunnel, he just took on the person. It was us against the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 So, um, but yeah, no, that was your, but you, guys want to put on shows for sure. You know, uh, what I found out and I learned, uh, you know, and I've always said this, Damon, and I, and I, I've learned way more from my players than they've ever learned from me. That's the way I feel. And what Isaiah taught me when I was coaching him was he said, hey, all we worry about is tonight's game. Yep. That's it. And, yep. he, and he said, and then the only other thing I worry about is to win a championship. So I don't want to overburden you with thoughts, but just yep. like when you're coaching us, worry about tonight's game. Don't worry about what game is at the end of the week when we play Chicago. Just worry about beating Washington or Cleveland tonight. Don't worry about the other yep. stuff. And then at the end, and if we lose, don't win the championship, this year's a failure. And I was like, holy jeez, you know. And, and, and sure enough, we had the second best team in the league one year and finally lost in the playoffs to the Bulls. So we were the second best team in the league to the Lakers. You know, only the Bulls were better, and you would have thought we finished in last place mentally. That's how that's how devastating we were not to win the whole thing. And, and I think it's great. And you know what, uh, Brendan, to to even add to what you're saying, that that's the one thing I learned in coaching. Mm. You know, as a coach. As a head coach, as I that there's two different roles. When you're an assistant, um, you're it's a lot different because you know. And I've been in both. I've been in both roles. Sure. I've been in the pros as an assistant, and I've been 
you know, in college as an assistant. When I was in the pros, I was nurturing. I was really, I was, I was player development, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, most people like, you know, today, man, I, I say this all the time today, the way, the way I, I hate the way I'm not going to say all play, all the player development guys are, but I hate the way that guys try to take credit for the player development now. I, I, I hate it because you know what? If it's truly about the kid, like we say, then it doesn't matter if the kid works out with you and got to a certain point, but somebody else took him to another level. It's still your kid, but you just watch like a proud father and you don't say exactly. nothing. You, you don't. And I was with Mike Conley. I was with Kyle Lowry. And two totally, two totally different personality guys uh, played with both of them, didn't end up coaching both of them, uh, and, and, and impacted both of them in major ways. Spent, ended up spending a lot of time with Mike because when Kyle got traded, obviously that meant that they were they, uh, Memphis was going to lock in on Mike. So I would go, to, go down to Columbus, Ohio, and spend a lot of time with him. And it's not just basketball. It's mental, man. You're talking to a kid who was the number four pick in the draft, and everybody was saying he was a, he was a freaking failure. And I'm like, Mike, you're not right. a failure. You're 19 years old, man. You're going to figure this out, you know. Um, but the biggest thing out of all of that, Mike has had great success. Uh, Kyle has had great success. But you want to know that my two favorite, the t- my two favorite guys that I worked out with every day while they were with me at Memphis – all times of the night, number one is is Ishmael Smith. Ishmael Smith, Ishmael came to us, and you know what? He just came to us at the wrong time. And I tell people this. I said Ish was the perfect backup point guard for our team at that time. The problem was he couldn't shoot, and we were we were trying to make a leap. So we couldn't needed, a, we, lick, no, we right? needed a guy, we needed a guy that could make a shot. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. but. He had all the intangibles. And I used to tell the coaching staff, I'm like, guys, I'm telling you, man. I said, this kid right here got a chance to make it in this league. And they were like, well, what, are you, what, what, is, what are the things that you just love about him, Damon? I said, number one. I said, number one. I said, this kid, this kid right here, because I think Ish was maybe one or two years out of, out, of, out, of, out of wake. You know, and everybody talked about Jeff Teague anyway and James Johnson. I said, let me tell you something. I said, if it's a better on-ball defender in the league at this time, show me, especially a point guard. I said, because he can guard the ball. I said, that's number one. I said, he pushed the ball as well as anybody in the league. I said, he can run a team. I said, he just got to get his jumper right. I said, that's the thing about it. I said, and for us right now, I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain it. I said, but I love him to death. The second guy, this is the second guy. The set, we drafted Gravis Vasquez. We drafted Gravis. And, mm-hmm. and, and Lionel, and, and, you know, you know, Lionel. So sure. anybody that knows Lionel, Lionel, man, old school coaching, you know, he's, he's not going to beat you down, but he's, but he's hard to, he's, he's hard to play for if you don't understand it. And if you're a guy like, like Gravis and Gravis played in Maryland, he got to shoot any time. And so anyway, I used to tell Gravis and, you know, you just, you know, you're up in the gym with this kid and, and, and I never met a kid that has so much confidence in himself. And I used to tell him, he used to just be like, coach, man, I, you know, man, coach, coach, coach Hollins, he don't like me. He doesn't like, I said, no, I said, no, nah, that's not it. That's not it. I said, we just got to figure this out. I said, we're going to figure this out. We're not going to worry about that. We're going to figure this out. 
you know, and I said, Gravis, what my job is to do, man, is to keep you prepared for every moment. And I said, if you help, if you help, if you help us win one game, okay, you help us win one game, one big game. I said, then you done your job, man. Never forget it. Game six, when we were the AFC playing the San Antonio Spurs, we we lose or, or we we're at home. Mike Conley picks up two quick fouls. Gravis Vasquez comes in the first quarter and he has ten points. He has ten points in the first quarter, and. And I've never been. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm sitting over there on the bench, and, and and damn near got tears in my eyes because I I I I knew the work that he had put in, and I knew that nobody seen that work. You know, they just seen the game, but nobody seen that kid work the way I seen him work just to have that moment. So I was so proud of him, you know, having that moment, man. And and he helped us win Game Six, and you know, we upset you know the San Antonio Spurs as the eighth seed, you know, and and and. And and it's no different now coaching being the head coach at 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 Pacific. You know, when 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 you see a kid when you see a kid uh have those successes or you see a kid kid have those failures, um, you know, it's still it's 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 still it's still like you try to stay in the day. You try to stay in the day because they get to letting things overwhelm them and and you got to keep everybody in in the moment because you can't get this day back. Make this day your best day, and that's what I try to tell these kids now all the time because they really get ahead, you know. But you know, those are just a, I just wanted to rattle off a couple of those examples because those those guys right there, those two guys I named Ishmael Smith and uh, Gravis Vasquez, man, them two of my favorite guys. And, and and you know, it's crazy. Ish still around here doing what he do. <laughs> That's right. (laughs) Fast Model Sports is the world's most comprehensive, versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, Fast Draw. Fast Draw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy to use interface that can be used on both your computer and iPad to providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. It doesn't stop there. Along with FastPro, they have other great programs such as Fast Scout, which helps coaches create clean, professional scouting reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by all NBA and WNBA teams, 85% of Division I college teams, and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills on their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. So now when you got into college coaching and let's say, um, let's use the Memphis experience there, you, you start coaching Memphis and then give me the order. Did you go then back to the Grizzly or did you go Grizzlies to the university? I'm trying to remember. I remember. I, I went, I was, I was, I was the Grizzly. I went, I went to, well, first, a lot of people yeah. don't know this, but God had actually gave me my, the guy that actually gave me my my starting coaching was actually Ben Brown. 
Great guy. Ben Brown. So, ben, yes, ben, ben was at Rice. And so I lived in Houston at the time. So I just did some volunteer stuff over there. And that's kind of how I got on. And then they, and then he just made up some title for me, and and, and mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't getting paid or nothing, but it didn't really matter because I just wanted the experience. But at that time, I think they they called the third what the third coach was a restricted earnings coach, I think, right? And yep. so uh, and so and so what happened was is the athletic director at that time was Chris Del Conte, who's now the athletic director at at Texas, and I wow. actually knew Chris. And didn't know Ben, and, and Chris was the one who talked me into going and talked to Ben <laughs> to to get on his staff. So then, so I'm there. I'm I'm helping. I'm coaching, um, and it turned into a love affair. Meaning that, you know, as I got my feet wet more, I would ask Ben, you know, because it's not like I had an office or anything. Now I used to ask him, man, can I just come in there? And you know, man, I won't I won't say a word. I won't be in your way. I get it. I said I just want to kind of shadow you. See what you do. What what is what is a head coach's delegation's responsibilities? What like what exactly do you do? Um, so he let me do that. Um, probably about two months into that, you might remember uh, the Grizzlies fired Mark Ivoroni. Um, they fired Mark Ivoroni. Uh, they hired Lionel. So Lionel calls me. Okay, um, and. Uh, me and Lionel's dynamic is a little bit different. People don't really know, but Lionel's wife, uh, uh, Angie, his wife, uh, my sister, that's her auntie. So I've known Lionel. How about that? Yeah, I've known I him for years, years and years and years old. I didn't know that. So Lionel, so, Lionel calls, so Lionel calls me, and he says, Biggie, you know, uh, you know, man, what you think about coaching, yada, yada, yada. I said, sure, train, I'll come down there, you know. And, and uh, he said, now, the only reason I called you, <laughs> he said, well, he, well, let me take that back. He didn't say the only reason I called you, but he said one of the reasons I called you was that, you know, when 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 they let uh, Mark go, uh, they told Lionel he can bring in some guys, but they didn't have no money. They didn't have any money like that. So Lionel basically kept his own, kept the staff that Mark had, and then he brought in a couple more people. And me being one of them, but it's kind of funny now, and I always laugh. Uh, I laugh about it in my head because I knew the owner Michael Heisley really well. Rest his soul, you know. We, yep. He was really, he was really a, Great. a good Great. man, and and came to my then. He, he actually came to my then wedding at the time, and uh, <laughs> Lionel said, "Mike, Mike brought you up. Mike said you would be a hell of a coach." And then, and then, and then he said. And then Lionel said he asked him, he said, well, why do you think he'll be a hell of a coach? He said, well, even if he isn't a hell of a coach, I still owe him some money because he deferred. He deferred a couple <laughs> years of his money when he was here. So I'm paying him anyway, so you might as well see if he want to work. <laughs> How about that? That is fabulous. And so, and so, and so then I, uh, so like I said, I go and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm with the Grizz and, you know, I'm there for two years, and then uh, Josh has an opening with the with with the Memphis Tigers. I go there for a couple years, and you know, we have a lot of success. And then I I go back to my alma mater, uh, Arizona, uh, uh, and I'm there for a couple years. And then I end up here here at Pacific. But my coaching odyssey was it, it was it was different. But the college, you know, colleges, you know, colleges is so different. Um, you know, at, at times, you know, I, I would be lying. I would be lying 
uh, and I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the human element of who I am if, if I wouldn't say I'm, I've been disappointed at college at times. Um, from the standpoint of when I first got into college, I thought you would be able to really, really, really impact players. Um, you know, I did in a lot of different ways, you know, but, you know, so many rules to the game, you know, and, and, and the rules I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the big rules. I'm talking about the simple rules. I'm talking about the workout rules. I'm talking about getting a kid a meal. Um, I'm talking about all the simple rules. I'm not talking about those broad rules. You know, at times those are disappointing because, you know, uh, it's, it's funny. It's funny because, uh, you know, stack is at Vanderbilt now. And <laughs> so, 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 so I know, so I, you know, I know stack staff. I, I know their staff, uh, really yep. well. Uh, and one of the guys, one of the guys on the staff, um, you know, they, they were with the Grizzlies with stack. And the first thing he said was, damn, Damon. He said, man, we don't have enough time to be on the floor. I said, well, why don't you start preaching that word to the NBA people who think that us in college don't really do our jobs and we're not developing kids. And when they only give you four hours a week, what are you supposed to develop? Are you going to develop? Are you going to do the, are you going to do, uh, you know, player development? Or are you going to work on your thing? Like you got to pick. Like sure. it's hard. Like it's hard. Well, like, I know. Like, it's, I like know. that's like that's like that's the hard part of it. Well, the thing I, I'm excited about you is that the more people that we have, like yourself, Damon, in there with kids, the better we are. The better chance we have, yes. uh, because yes. you know you have such an incredible array of experience. I mean, uh, young people look up to you; they know about you. Uh, you know, they might, guy might, a kid that you're recruiting who's 17, 18, he might not have seen you play, but shit, he can go on YouTube and he can Google you and man, he can go, holy cow. And, you know, and they, you know, and you can say, I can help you become better. And they can go, yeah, right. You know, every coach says that. Every coach says that coming in, right? right. Every guy says, right. Right. But you know what? You, you you speak the truth, and that's and that's one of the things I'm excited about. You being in the game, you being with kids, I think it's just it's just it gives us our best chance. I really believe that. Right. Thank you. Yeah. No. I, you know, I enjoy it. I mean, I've you know, Brendan, I've been fortunate. You know, I use this too, man. I tell people this. I I said I've I've been around. I mean, shoot, man, when I think about the coaches that I played for, you know, uh, the assistant coaches on staff, you know, people would go crazy. I remember, um, you know, I remember meeting, getting a chance to meet you for the first time, you know, uh, when you came, you know, you <laughs> came to Toronto. Um, you know, I basically was with, you know, other than Chuck, I mean, other than, other than Chuck and, and Rothstein, I mean, shit, I was, I was with, I was with the whole Piston staff, man, from, from, from you guys' glory days. And ironically enough, our paths crossed, crossed a bunch of times again, too, uh, when I end up playing for Mike Fratella, played for Mike Fratella. I know you was with Mike, you know, and I yep. think, you know, what's, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I, I tell people this all the time. I think that, think that Mike is one of the most misunderstood coaches out there. 100%. When you talk about when you talk about a tactician, you know it's funny. I hear I always hear I always hear like 
I hear these like, you know, uh, they they call they call, they call they call that that group of guys the five star guys. They call them the five star guys. You know, that's what you hear, right? Yeah. I haven't been around that whole group of guys, but I know I know this. I said every guy within that crew is a damn good coach. So it's funny because I'm with Brendan Malone, my yep. rookie year. Okay. Ten years later, I signed with the Memphis Grizzlies, and I'm with Mike Fratello. And it's so funny because they both carried a briefcase, okay? They both carried their briefcase. And you know this better than I do, okay? <laughs> but, man, they both used to make those – they used they had those big old sheets of paper where they, where they, where they write everything, and they use rulers, and, they, and it's just – it's meticulous. And you better not wrinkle that paper. If you wrinkle that paper, oh, they're going to be pissed at you, right? And so they were so on point. And, and from, from my first year, and then I get to my 10th year, right, it was like being coached by the same guy again. And, and to me, Mike Fratello, and I, used to, and I used to tell Mike this, I'll never forget this. And I'll never forget this. You know, we lost to Cleveland. We had a young team. So we had an emerging Pal Gasol. Uh, we had an emerging Mike Miller, um, you know, and then you had myself. You had Eddie Jones. You had that. You had a couple veterans, um, and so we had lost to Cleveland. I mean, they they jumped us. They they got on us. They jumped on us big. You know, we had Shane Battier too, um, and so <laughs> we're getting on the plane. It goes back to your theory, just one day at a time. So Mike calls me. Mike, Mike, you know, we're getting on the plane, and Mike, you know, he's like, stay, stay up here, stay up, stay up here, Biggie, stay up. You know how Mike is. Man, what's wrong with these guys? I said, Mike. I said, Mike. I said, let these young guys be, man. I said, here's the deal. We're about to go to Atlanta. I know it's one of your favorite cities, coach. I said, go drink, go drink your go drink your glass about I said, Mike, forget it. Drink the bottle of wine. Relax. Let's beat the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow night. And when we get on this plane. Going back to Memphis on Saturday night, you'll be a happy man. We win the game, and he just like, yep, yep. I like you. I like you. I, 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 I knew it was. I knew. I knew it was a reason. I knew it was a reason I gravitated to you. Because <laughs> I used to always tell. By that by that time, I had seen so much the league, and I really thought that Mike was a great basketball. Mike, he had resurrected. You know what? Honestly, Mike Mike Fratello had resurrected my. He had resurrected me. He had made me love basketball again, and then I ended up tearing my patella tendon. But before yeah. I had got hurt, I think we had the fourth or fifth best record in the league. We were the best defensive team in the league, and we were the top three point shooting team in 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 the, in the association. And I always said that I just said, you know, it was unfortunate. I get injured that summer. Powell breaks his breaks his foot in, in the world. He doesn't play. Um, you know, they trade, they trade, uh, they traded Shane, they traded Shane in Houston for, for young Rudy Gay, you know, and so he just, you know, as well as I do, Mike, not, the one thing about coach not built to coach young teams, he's not built for that. That's not who, he needs an experienced team. You got to be able to talk to him. It has to be some give and take because the way he coaches, he's so meticulous. When he says be on that nail, you better have your foot on that nail. He don't want three toes on that nail. He wants your foot on that nail covering it up. And that's how he is. 
you know, it, you, you mentioned some interesting things. Uh, and this is for, more for our audience than for you. Is that so? My high school coach is UB Brown, and when yep. I go to the when I go to the Hawks, the staff is UB Brown, Mike Fratello, and myself. Uh, my and I am the first camper ever at Five Star when there were only forty eight of them. I was the first camper. Okay, that's how. And the the speaker at the camp that week, there's 48 kids, but there's four lecturers. And the lecturers are UB Brown, who's on the staff at the camp, you know, mm-hmm. and and Bobby Knight, Chuck Daly. How about that? And, and you know, mm-hmm. and and I mean, you talk about and George Raveling. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about as a kid, and that and so we were taught in an error. There was no such thing as AAU basketball. It was not invented. You 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 recruited. You went to summer camps or you went to summer leagues and you watched guys play. And what we we did is, you if you were going to coach, Damon, you you had to really be a good teacher. And so you you you're a throwback player. You would have enjoyed that because that's what you are. And and that was and that's that's what all those guys you talked about. They're all teachers first, you know. Yeah. And second, the other stuff. Yeah. So that that is really fantastic stuff, yeah. man. I'm I'm yeah. so excited that we caught up today, and I can't thank you enough. And I'm so I follow you every game. I've, I'm so excited for you and and your program, and I, you know, and they did it. You know, usually schools don't get it right on hires; they got it right with you, my friend. I'm so proud. Thank I really am thanks. of you. Thanks, Brendan. Appreciate that, man. Uh, you know. Uh, thanks for having me on, you know, anytime and, you know, continue success uh, yourself. But I, I know uh, I, I know you're uh, one thing about it. You're, you're a basketball lifer, man. You're a basketball lifer, boy. And and guys that guys that, you know, you, you're one of the guys I tell people this a lot. Like there's not a lot of guys that would go coach high school basketball. I'll tell you a funny story. Cause I know you, I know you talked to him too. The first time when I was coaching, it was funny when I was at Rice and, 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 and I emerged, you know, who, you know, who couldn't believe their eyes and he was laughing, but, but you know what he said? He laughed at first. And then he said, man, I am so excited that you're in coaching. I seen Jeff Van Gundy. So we're playing it right. And I didn't, and I had no clue that Jeff came to a lot of Rice games. I, at that time I had no clue. Sure. And he was like, and he was like, man, I'm so excited that you're in this. He said, man, because these kids need you. And I say it all the time. That's the only reason you really do it. You're not doing it. You, you know, you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it for the love. Like, you know, this is this is the only reason you do it because unbeknownst to everybody else, a lot comes with this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> a absolutely. lot comes with it. Bro. Well, it's good. And I, I, again, um, I, I love that what you're doing. I love the kids that you're you're getting a chance to influence and touch. And if I can help you in any way, Damon, my friend, the great biggie, mighty mouse, you are awesome. You're a hall of famer in my eyes, my friend, and you helped me in my career immensely. So thank you again. Thanks, Brendan. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. That was fun because Damon is an incredible, incredible personality. One of the most popular players ever that I've seen or coached in the NBA. Um, Guy is incredible. I mean, what a player. I mean, I think about him now. If he was playing in today's NBA, his style of play, one of the best pick-and-roll players I ever coached. Uh, just an amazing thing. And a left-handed point guard. When you're 5'10", 
170 pounds, and you can play at that level for 15 years in this league, is special. But the thing I loved about him is how smart a player he is, and now what an opportunity for players to get him as their coach. Listen, uh, I think the biggest thing now for you as a coach is to zone in on some of the people that you would like to learn and study from. Go back and uh, get a chance to order uh, or videos that you can get from Coaching You Live in this past summer. Uh, you get some of the best teachers and coaches in the game. You want player development. We have three of them. You want pick and roll people. You want people that can teach team offense, uh, culture, team defense. They're all there for you. And I, you know, I think our faculty at Coaching You Live has been incredible, not just this year, but over the years. So go to coachingyou.tv. Pick out some videos that you want that can really help and enhance you as a coach or your program. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sarah.